Guys, before we get into today's episode, I have a really important announcement I want to make sure you do not miss. March is going to be a really exciting month in the Primal Potential universe, and I wanted you to be the first to know that I am hosting a completely free training on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You do need to register, and the easiest way for you to do that is to just find me on Instagram and message me with the word tips, T-I-P-S, tips, and I'll send you the link to register. Otherwise, I'm going to make a point to put it in the show descriptions, but message me tips. It'll go to you automatically. Get in touch with me in any way you can if you want that link to register, and for some reason you can or can't figure out how to message me with the word tips, but that's going to be the easiest way because here's the thing. There's a lot of things that we want to be able to do intuitively, automatically, without so much hard work and effort. But to get to the point where you're doing it intuitively and as a matter of habit, you've got to do it intentionally. And that comes with a lot of challenges, whether those challenges are our own excuses, our fears of failure, All of the past times we've tried and failed that make us doubt that we can do it, or maybe it's social situations that pull us away from our goals. I want to walk you through a process of creating your own personal protocol that takes into account all of the unique factors about you, your preferences, your lifestyle, your most common excuses, your fears and your doubts. And I want to take you through that process live in a format where I can answer your questions in real time. And we're going to be doing that on this free training that again is Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Message me the word tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll automatically send you that link so it can happen really fast. You don't have to wait on my reply. That's the best and easiest way. I'll also, moving forward, make a point to put the link in the show description, but I really want you to be there. It is live. You do have to register. It is Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Mark your calendar. Make sure to register. I also have some pretty exciting announcements Maybe the most exciting things that have happened in Primal Potential in the last almost 10 years or coming up on 10 years, I really want you to be there. Message me the word tips. I'll automatically kick you that registration link. If for some reason you can't do that, send a smoke signal, flag me down, find a way to get in touch with me. I want you to be there. Mark your calendar now, and I will plan to see you for that live training Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and we're getting into some controversial things today. And I used to really consider what I would talk about in terms of, you know, is this a really hot topic? And is that worth it? And some of that was fear-based. Some of that was fear of losing listeners. And some of that was fear of criticism. And I don't know if it's as I get older or as I'm doing this longer. There's just too much on the line in terms of happiness, in terms of the state of the world. And for example, there's often this sense that if somebody puts something out there that we disagree with, that we have to take that opportunity to tell that person they're wrong and why. And I I see this everywhere. I see it daily in mom groups, but I but I see it absolutely everywhere as though we have lost respect for differing opinions. As though it can only be one way. And I think that's contributing to a lot of really serious breakdowns in society that have ramifications. It's tri- it's a trickle of trickle down effect. And I just, we're just going to go there. I'm going to talk about a couple of controversial things today. The the latter of two is is a lot heavier um, and certainly much more controversial. But I just think the stakes are too high for us to not have these conversations. So I will say that I expect people to have opinions that differ from mine. It would be a really alarming situation if everybody who listened to my podcast agreed with everything that I say. Because we have different experiences, we have different values, we have different priorities, we have differing degrees of educational background, different upbringings. We're at different phases of our lives. I remind myself of this often when my husband Chris and I disagree, and it happens often. (laughs) And the tendency that I've noticed in myself is for me to want it to be either this way or that way. Like either I'm right and he's wrong, or he's right and I'm wrong, and we have to get on the same page. But I actually don't think that it's very important that we are on the same page most of the time. Sure, in some things, we wanna be on the same page. But what matters more is that we seek to understand why we're on different pages and what contributes to our differing opinions. For example, Chris grew up in a family where his mom worked for and still works for the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, government agency in this country, and his dad was a lifelong police officer. Chris enlisted in the military when he was 17 years old, right before 9-11 and ended up going overseas after 9-11 as the youngest person in his, whatever they call it, squadron, battalion, I have no idea. He'd roll his eyes, everything I just said. I grew up in a very different situation. My mom was a teacher, my dad was a builder, 
I went to private school. My husband went to public school. I've never served my country in the military. I've never been in a, a war or combat situation. So just those few differences give us vastly different perspectives and outlooks. Never mind the hundreds of millions of other experiences that we've had that shape us. And it just blows my mind that we are quickly getting to this point where we don't leave room for opinions other than our own. Look, if, if I think I'm right about something, then I'm not open to what I don't yet know. So while I can hold certain convictions, if I don't also hold the possibility that I'm wrong because of what I don't yet know, I'm ignorant. There is a lot that we do not know factually, circumstantially, and certainly as it relates to other people, we don't know what shaped their views. And the certainty that people are bringing to things is absolutely mind-boggling. And I believe that it is one of many factors contributing to on the spectrum of things, everything from anxiety and depression to isolation to violence. I really do because it starts with a little bit of intolerance. And then we see that intolerance all around us and we become immune to it and we become desensitized to it and it grows. So we're going to go there today, but we are, of course, going to give something away. I sort of picked it based on the... Uh, the topic today, I'm going to be giving away one of my very favorite supplements that is Relief Plus. It is an all-natural anti-inflammatory, and I'm not talking about knee pain, joint pain, back pain, headaches, though it helps with that. I'm talking about the fact that systemic inflammation is at the root of just about every malady we can think of, from anxiety to depression to cancer to cognitive decline and I just think we all need to be a lot more intentional about reducing this chronic inflammation in our bodies. So I'm going to be giving that away. I will announce the winner at the end of today's show. For those of you who can like tough it out and hang with me, I really feel strongly that this is a critically important conversation that is about health and is about mindset and is about all of the things that we talk about on this show and has just far, far, far reaching implications. So if you want to win a prize moving forward, leave a review of this podcast. Even if you've already left a review, you can leave another review for a specific episode. You can say, hey, 988 was XYZ. All right. We'll announce the winner at the end of the show. So we're starting with like an easy one, a softball. But important nonetheless. Last week, last weekend actually, I shared a post in my Instagram stories about sunscreen. It was a post from a nurse, pediatric RN, who has, I think, five kids and uh, is a pretty holistic individual, I would say. And she put up a post about sunscreen and I shared it in my Instagram stories. I'm going to recap what she shared and then the 
one of the comments I got in response to it and, and my response to that comment, because I think it re reflects this sense of like, I feel differently than you, you're wrong. That, that mentality of, I'm so sure I'm right and I don't hold open the possibility that maybe I'm not right. There is always something we don't yet know. So this post that I shared, it was a series of slides, I guess you'd call them, that started with one that says, would you drink your sunscreen? And it went on to talk about how our skin is our largest organ. It's our first line of defense. And it absorbs what we put on it. And the, the person who put together the post said, if it's not something you would eat, don't put it on your skin. And how a lot of people don't think twice about sunscreen and, and what's in the sunscreens and that, you know, chemical-based sunscreens, the banana boats, the copper tones, they absorb UV rays, but the lotion itself, they contain hormone disruptors, tons of hormone disruptors that have specifically been linked to everything from irritating your skin all the way to cancer, birth defects, etc. And then it went on to talk about sunscreens that maybe people perceive to be a better option. And I'm not saying they are or they aren't mineral sunscreens uh, that work with ingredients like zinc oxide or titanium dioxide, and they partially block the rays as opposed to the chemical ones which absorb. Um, and, and it suggested that, yes, these are less toxic, but they're still absorbed into the skin. And that at these levels that absorb into the skin, they're, they're not safe. You know, they, they might be less toxic than other options, but that doesn't, less toxic doesn't mean necessarily safe. Um, and it gives some data and links to peer-reviewed research about how these mineral ingredients that are arguably less toxic um, are still associated with an increase in, in cancer risk. And it explains why and how and the mechanism, again, with links to research. And then it, you know, it's not just like, oh, sunscreen is bad. It says, here are some things that we can do as alternatives. And it talks about avoid getting burned, uh, cover up, hats, sleeves, minimizing time and peak peak hours of, of sun exposure. Um, it suggested some natural ingredients like olive oil and coconut oil, which naturally have about SPF 8, and also help the, sun, uh, the skin not to dry out, because when it dries out, it's more likely to burn. It's, it's, it's more prone to burning. Um, it, it talks about a couple of products that are non-toxic and while aren't sun blocks like the copper tone or whatever, uh, they do help with some protective mechanism. Um, it, it shared that when you go into the water, it makes your skin more susceptible to burning, as does dehydration, alcohol, and it talks about the benefits of the sun, gives a picture like it was a very, very comprehensive post, I, I personally felt. It gives a picture of a kid wearing like a long sleeve sun shirt, hat, those sorts of things. 
Um, so I just shared it in my story. I want to share with you the response that I got from somebody who follows me on Instagram. And this is not in any way a criticism of them. If you stick with me and hear my thoughts on this, you will very easily see that I'm not in any way criticizing how this person responded to me. She said, oh, wow, longtime follower here. Are you serious with this? Crazy talk and false equivalents to boot. Would I drink my shampoo, conditioner, toothpaste, mascara, deodorant, nail polish, topical prescription medication? I'm surprised you're sharing this stuff. Sincerely, longtime follower slash melanoma survivor slash oncology PA. So listen, if you want to wear sunscreen, absolutely wear sunscreen. If you want to wear sunblock, wear sunblock. I, I will read my response to her in a second, but I care very much about this, especially, you know, it's funny how sometimes we put our kids' health above our own, which is something I'm always trying to be aware of and, and not live out, but there is like a mental and emotional tendency towards that. And so while I might go out without sunscreen and not really think much of it on occasion, and my, my views on sunscreen, of course, have evolved over the last 10 years or so. With Roe, because his skin is much more sensitive than mine, you know, I have a one-year-old, for those of you that are maybe newer to the show, I think very much about this and about everything that I put on his skin that I feed him. So... You know, this person said they're false equivalencies because this, this, this heading was, would you drink your sunscreen? Well, I for sure make sure that the body wash, diaper cream, um, shampoo that I use for Roman is a thousand percent non-toxic. So if that means ingredients I would drink, yeah, I don't think it's a false equivalency. Now, if he needed a topical prescription medication, would I deny it if it wasn't something I could drink? Not necessarily, probably not. But in all situations, we have to look at, are there other options? If there was a natural option that I could take first to see if it worked before going to a prescription med, would I? Absolutely. It's not oh, I don't protect Roman skin because sunscreen is bad. I think that that is an easy conclusion to draw. But what, what I do, and there's a bigger picture about this than sunscreen, so stick with me. What we do for Roe is we don't have him out in the peak hours of, of sun exposure whenever possible. Now, if there's like a, a picnic or... We have the Dagny 5K coming up. Um, we're, we're not going to like not have him participate if the hours of the day are, say, between like 11 and 2. But when we can, when we're home, which is, you know, we're in control of these things way more than we're not. I don't have him out during those peak hours. I make sure that he is covered up, that he has a hat on, that he has long sleeves on, that, you know, as much of him is covered as we possibly can, you know, he's not going to overheat, especially because we are keeping him out in those hours. And we also are working on like gradual exposure for him. So when, it, when the weather first started turning, we would take him out for 5, 10, 15 minutes. 
And we did that for a couple weeks. And then the time gets a little bit longer so that his, his skin has time to, to acclimate. Um, and then we keep him inside and we feed him lunch and we play indoors and we get nap time during those peak hours. Does this mean that I would never, ever, ever use sunscreen on my kid? Well, I certainly personally wouldn't ever use the, the chemical-based ones. I believe, personally, that there are some options that are more of like the sun shield kind of things that absolutely are safe for consumption. Because whether you're drinking it or not, if you're putting it on your skin, it is being consumed. So to me, it's not a false equivalency, as, as the person suggested. But at the same time, if there's a parent out there who puts sunscreen or sunblock or copper tone on their kid, cool, absolutely. But I'm the kind of person who wants to think about, like, are there other options? For me personally, I used to be really irresponsible about the sun. And I, you know, I, as when I was a teenager, like I think a lot of folks did, I would just lay out and get a base burn. That was, that was my theory because I'm very fair-skinned. I'll get a base burn and then I'll tan after, which never really happened for me. And as I get older, I certainly want to protect my skin a whole lot more. I personally believe that protecting my skin more is not doesn't require that I put on a, a mineral sunscreen or a chemical sunscreen. I believe that like Roe, I can avoid those peak sun hours. If there's a situation where I can't, maybe that means I dress differently. Maybe that means I decide that in that case, the cost benefit makes sense to to put on a mineral sunscreen that I wouldn't normally wear. Or maybe I find a way to be in the shade or all of the above. The reason that I'm talking about this is not because I care what you do in terms of sunscreen, because you get to make whatever choices you think are best for you and your family and all of those things. You come at this with a different set of experiences and information than I do. But it's more about if someone shares something that you don't necessarily agree with, that's okay. Now, there are certainly extremes if somebody, you know, shares something about mass genocide. <laughs> it's a little different than their view on uh, baby formula or sunscreen or anything along those lines. I personally feel that for myself, if I don't hold true hold open the opportunity, the possibility that something else is also true, I'm in a state of ignorance. If I anticipate that because I align with a podcaster or an author or an influencer or a friend on most things, that if we suddenly don't align, I can't believe you feel that way. Of course I can believe you feel that way. I do not think that anybody is going to hold my same convictions. Now, this person felt like the false equivalencies, would I drink my shampoo, my conditioner, my toothpaste, my mascara? It's okay if you feel like, well, I put all these other toxins on my skin, so why is sunscreen so different? I personally don't. You're not going to see me with nail polish on. I can't, I, certainly in my past I have, but for the last, I don't know, at least probably near five years, I just don't understand the, the unnecessary toxic exposure. Do I care if you go get your nails done every week? I don't. 
I respect that you can make your decisions. But for those of you that know, like I've talked about the skincare that I use for probably as long as this show has been around, and I could absolutely eat it. I absolutely could. Now, if somebody if somebody was getting married and they hired a makeup artist and you know, would I, would I have a day where I wear some makeup that's toxic? Probably. I'm, I'm not a purist in anything. I'm not a purist in terms of nutrition. You know, if, my, if, if somebody's watching Roman and they put sunscreen on him, am I going to like have a heart attack? No, I'm, I'm not a purist in anything. But for me personally, those aren't false equivalencies. My deodorant is absolutely non-toxic. And while I don't care to eat it because <laughs> I'm not really a fan of lavender as a flavor, uh, I, I could. And same thing with all of my skincare. Like I very much could and would. For Roe, if, if we have to put something on his bottom, like if it's irritated, we, we always start with coconut oil. I can eat that. And that, so it very well could be a false equivalency for this person because they do have toxic ingredients in things they put in and on their skin. But some people don't. And some people feel strongly about that. I think it would be unfair for me to look at this person and say, okay, so you're telling me you're a cancer survivor and you're also telling me you're still cool putting, putting toxins under your armpits. I mean, I, I could look at that in judgment but I don't because I don't share their experiences. I don't share their background. I don't share their values. I don't know what their values are. I don't know what their background is. The problem becomes when we see things one way and think that other people should see it that way too, or when we see things one way and we automatically believe that another way is wrong. Every single one of us, there is more that we don't know than we do know. There absolutely is. And so I think that there's a cost-benefit thing. Have I taken medications before that have toxic ingredients? Yeah. And in that situation, it's a cost-benefit thing. For me, with sun exposure, we're outside most of the day all day. I don't think that a chemical or a mineral sunscreen is my best option and way to protect my skin or my kid's skin. But if you do, cool, amazing, fine. You know, I, I, the person was very surprised that I was sharing this. I think the bigger surprise would be if I wasn't. Because I really do believe that I don't want to put toxic toothpaste in my mouth or my kids' mouths. And for those of you like, what do you use? You can Google homemade toothpaste. You absolutely can or non-toxic and googling ingredients. You got to if it's important to you, do your homework, do your research. There's more resources available now than ever before. You know, I I for the couple of skincare products that I use, I use Fatco, F A T C O, um and it's like beef tallow. The moisturizer that I use is essentially beef tallow. Can you eat it? You sure can. I wouldn't want to, but you absolutely can. I wouldn't want to eat the beef tallow in a jar that's in the fridge that my husband often uses to cook with. I don't wear makeup. Literally, I've probably had makeup on my face uh, mm, three times in the last year, and that's probably generous, maybe two times <laughs> realistically. 
I'm not a perfectionist. I'm not a purist. But I'm concerned when people who have a different viewpoint criticize somebody else's. Can we allow people to see things differently? Can we be generous and understanding, even curious? Can we hold true that maybe we are wrong? There's more that I don't know than I do know. So you can't hold on too tightly to anything. I'll read you my response and then we're going to move on to the next one, which is undoubtedly more intense. So I said, um, yeah, I I, this is exactly what I said. Hi. So yes, I definitely make sure that ingredients I put in my, on my skin or in my mouth are safe for my body slash consumption. And it's okay if you have different standards or considerations. I absolutely respect that. With a baby, we keep him out of the sun during peak hours, make sure he's covered during non-peak hours, and use products that are fit for human consumption because the skin is the largest organ. I absolutely think skin protection is hugely important, and I don't think that means toxic ingredients on the skin. But I'm also great with opinions that differ from mine. We all get to operate according to our own thoughts, experiences, and research. Nothing but love for you. A couple of heart emojis. She didn't respond. I'm not surprised. Um, and that's no dig. That's just most people don't. They want to be mad. They want to be irritated. They want to be disappointed um, and usually don't want to come together. Hopefully we can change that. This next one, I, I want to broadly talk about what we can do to, to influence things that often feel beyond our influence. And I'm not just talking about things like violence. I'm talking about a lot of time. Let me just give you an example. So as Chris and I shared last weekend when Chris was on the show, uh, we, we talked about how we're going through this process to be eligible to adopt children. And it's a very extensive, I hope I didn't mention this earlier because I, took a break and came back to the episode. But if I did, whatever, I don't think I did. But it's a very extensive process uh, that has many components, one of which is educating us about the system and the families in the system, the children in the system, why they're in the system. And of course, you know, it varies situation by situation, but we get a lot of uh, stories and examples so that we are prepared for what is usually a very long and challenging and emotional journey, but also so that we learn the difference between parenting our own biological children and parenting a child who has been through trauma. You don't get placed with a pre-adoptive family if you haven't been through some trauma. You know, there's just, there's something there. And we hear these stories and it's, it's what brought us to this process, no doubt about it. Um, but even, even now that we're in it and we understand that like part of what we can do is open our home and our hearts and all of these other things to, to adopt a child or, or more than one. Still, when we hear these stories, it feels like 
there's so much we can't do to fix it. And I know that so many people feel the same way when we hear about a school shooting or we hear about um, gang violence or we hear about suicide. And there's so much of that. There's so much of that. And And a lot of it is there's just more media than ever. Now, that is not to say that these things aren't happening more often. They absolutely are. But, you know, I I hesitate to talk about it for a couple of reasons. The primary one being, I don't think this is simple. I don't think that I have answers. I don't think that I am an expert. But I do think that part of the problem is people feeling like there's nothing I can do or I don't know what to do. And so people who want to do something don't do something. So with that in mind, and again, the disclaimer that I don't think there are simple solutions, I don't think that there are one-dimensional solutions, um, I don't have the playbook for healing a very, very, very broken and sick society, but I do have some ideas. And these are ideas that I am incorporating into how I think, how I act, my own home, my own family, uh, my extended family, and my community. Because I feel strongly that feeling like I don't know what to do or there's nothing I can do is part of the problem. The other reason I'm hesitant to talk about it is because of the example of the sunscreen thing. There's going to be someone, many someones, who don't agree with me. And, and a lot of times those people aren't super open in their disagreement. They're just combative. And I don't like to invite that kind of, <laughs> that kind of uh, discourse, if you can even call it that, into my, my world because I don't think it's helpful. I mean, I certainly think it's helpful to learn from people with differing opinions, but the whole, like, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you shared that. I listened to you, but now I, ha-, you know. None of that is helpful. I think actually it's a big part of the problem. But I don't want to let fear of uncomfortable things keep me from just presenting this as as my thoughts. That's all. Just my thoughts. It's okay if you don't like them. It's okay if you don't agree. It's okay if you don't listen. Of course. But there is no denying that societally we are unwell like never before. And we see this with record rates of anxiety, record rates of depression, more people than ever on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. And, you know, while some could argue that, well, just more people are being medicated because it's more socially acceptable to be medicated or to seek treatment. Sure, that's a component, but I think we have to agree that more people than ever are experiencing anxiety and depression. More people than ever are are considering suicide, are committing suicide, or whatever appropriate word you want to use for that. I know a lot of folks don't use the word committing, and I'm not trying to uh, wordsmith every second of it. But the the problems are, are large. It's not just mental health issues. More people than ever are being diagnosed with cancer or cognitive decline. More people than ever are overweight. And all of these things 
collectively impact the society and the wellness of society. People spend more time at home. People spend less time in community. People spend less time as a family unit for many, many reasons. I mean, some of the obvious reasons are media, social media, video games, television, YouTube, and the way that that impacts and threatens family units. But some of the other reasons are just more now than ever, kids are doing 27 activities and it takes away from community bonding, family bonding, even when that community is, is the core nucleus of who lives in your home. There's record drug abuse. And I know full well, especially as someone who, you know, myself is currently overweight. I'm carrying weight I gained pregnant with Dagny and weight I gained pregnant with Roman and, and I'm pregnant again. Um, I know it makes people uncomfortable when I say that record numbers of people overweight, of people who are sedentary, contribute to the societal challenges that we're having. I understand that makes people uncomfortable, but it is also true, and it's also a very tangible starting point. We don't spend as much time outside. We don't spend as much time in rich community. People are more isolated than ever. That has certainly gotten dramatically worse in the past couple of years. But when we feel like there's nothing we can do, we have to really look at that differently because I would say something that you can do is put boundaries around media in your home, either for yourself or for your entire family. Things that we think could never directly affect us. Like, well, why would I change the media habits in my own family? I know my kid could never do anything horrific like some of the things that we hear about. But our children are part of a collective. We ourselves, even if we don't have kids, are part of a community. And our individual sense of belonging, sense of connection, sense of connecting with others and the importance of connecting with others, it has a ripple effect. And so Chris and I were talking about things like uh, not having media be allowed in our kids' rooms. And that means tablets, phones, computers, all of that. Well, what does that have to do with the collective wellness of society? Well, to me, it means we know more about what's going on with our kids. To me, it means that we spend more time in the same space with our kids. Things like days without tech or times of day without tech. Certain tech that is off limits. One of the things we heard, and I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but it came to mind again when I was thinking about what is my role in contributing to a society that is well as possible. And it's everything from being as healthy as I can be, being as active as I can be, being a part of my community in as many ways as possible, being generous with my time, but also things like we uh, belong to a CrossFit gym with a guy who shared that his kids are not allowed to play with guns until they're old enough to go to a range and learn how to use a gun properly. Now you might be like, I would never take my kid to a range. Fine, whatever, that's cool. But, but what I loved about what he said was 
you know, I want my kids to know that guns aren't toys. So water guns are not toys. You, you don't understand what that means and you don't develop the, um, the respect for things like pointing a gun at somebody else. Uh, if you are playing and, and I, Hey, I grew up with water guns and Nerf guns and all of these kinds of things. I absolutely did. Um, and I'm not saying that like I would be a better human if I hadn't, but it's just something that we really liked that, you know, if we decide that we at, at any point, you know, I've, I've been a gun owner and been to a range and learned how to handle a gun and, and learned how to shoot and all of those kinds of things, uh, back, I mean, that started when I was dating my first husband. Um, but if we decided that we wanted to, to expose our kids to that, then at that point, you know, they would understand what that means. But, but prior to that, or if that never happens, then, then guns aren't toys in our house, in our house, um, video games that have guns, things like that. Now, I don't give a flip if you think that's crazy. Not because I don't care about you, but because you're allowed to have your own standards and your own values. But, you know, these are things that all contribute. If you are not eating well, you have to understand that that impacts your mental health. And that impacts the community in your four walls. And that impacts the community in your job. And one thing you can do is eat really, really well. And understand that like we talk about in episode 903, that can be one of your many reasons. It's got nothing to do with the number inside your pants or the number looking up at you on the scale. If you are somebody who doesn't spend a lot of time outside and you struggle with anxiety or you struggle with depression, then you need to prioritize over television watching or social media watching, perhaps, getting outside supplementing in a way that supports healing of things like your microbiome, which have a massive impact on mood and mood regulation and mood stability and all of those things. You know, I mean, there's so much that we can do. If your family is not part of a community, maybe outside of the school that your kids go to, or if you don't have kids, you're not really part of a community outside of where you work, Start giving more to your community. Join things. Volunteer at places. Get to know more people. Really pay attention to when somebody has a baby and you go be generous or when somebody experiences a loss and you go be thoughtful. All of these things make a difference. I'm not saying that we're seeing more violence upon others and upon individuals themselves, self-inflicted, because of food. But I am saying food's a huge part of it. I am saying that activity level is a part of it. I am saying that media exposure is a part of it. We, as I was saying earlier, talking about the sunscreen example, I believe that we desensitize ourselves to our impact on other people and other people's impact on us when we do things that seem like entertainment, like watching or listening to murder podcasts. I believe, 
And it's, again, okay if you disagree with me, but I believe that that is a part of desensitizing. When we argue with people in Facebook groups that we know or we do not know, I believe that that desensitizes us to the impact that we have on others and others have on us. And I believe that's part of the problem. I believe that parents who spend a lot of time on their phone and not as much time with their kids, it's part of the problem. I believe that kids who are spending a lot of time playing video games or on tablets or whatever, I believe it's part of the problem. And I also know that there are a lot of people who probably think those aren't part of the problem. But if there's one person who hears this and sees a place where they can make an impact, then that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to have the conversation. I didn't want to shy away from sharing my thoughts on this because in, inevitably somebody's going to be upset about it. But I'm going to be more upset if I don't say something about it. I think we overexpose ourselves to chemicals and toxins and it disrupts the way our bodies and our brains and our emotions work. And I think that's at the core you know, show me, show me someone who is in peak health. And health is not just food and movement, okay? But show me someone who is eating well consistently, who is exercising consistently, who is healthy in their boundaries with media consumption consistently, who is deeply enriched in community consistently and who goes and commits horrific acts of violence. I mean, I don't think you'll find the person. And we can't force others to do anything, but we can dramatically impact the collective in a way that I believe it needs to be impacted. I could ramble on and on with a million other examples, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give something away, <laughs> something that I think contributes to the solution of making us a little bit healthier, and that is Relief Plus. The winner today is Patty M0909. Left a review of the show. Thank you so much, Patty. Patty M0909. Email me, Elizabeth, at primalpotential.com. Within 60 days of the day this episode airs, let me know you were the winner of 988, and include your mailing address and I will get it out to you. Guys, let's just look at where we can do a little better. I can do a little better in so many areas, and I don't have to do all of them today. I don't have to do all of them this month. But, like, maybe it's time to take our minds off of things that we've convinced ourselves are such serious problems and, and really look at society as a whole and our role in society as a whole. Just my thoughts. Hope you have an amazing day. I'll chat with you really soon. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.